from Washington, D.C. He's the Real Clear Politics uh, White House correspondent. It's Philip Wegman. Philip, hi there. Hey, Pat. Thanks for having me. Um, always glad to have you. Uh, and, th- and thanks for working around our time. Today's been kind of weird on the program because we had to get in the people from Right to Life because they leave tomorrow for the march there in Washington. And then we had Mike Braun on here in the studio. And then we just had Jim Banks on from the Newsmaker line. One leaving the Senate to run for governor, the other one leaving the House to run for the Senate. It's almost like um, I, I, it's, it's like playing chess, you know, and I, I've got to stop and think of who's where. Yeah, and it'll be really interesting to see uh, not only that race for governor. I think Braun is, from everything I can see, uh, the, the early front runner for the gubernatorial nomination. But it'll be really interesting to see um, that Senate race with Banks. He's someone who's well-regarded uh, by not just uh, you know the, the Republican establishment, but also by conservatives. Right. Uh, he, he's done a lot of serious work at the Republican Study Committee. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, we will see a number of significant endorsements, um, I think, in the next 24 hours. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. He named, I, I don't want to take time to do it now, he named a few of them kind of off the bat. And it's it's a laundry list of um, rather prestigious people uh, there, as you said, not just Republicans, but conservative Republicans that are going to start lining up. Uh, behind Jim Banks running for that seat. Um, let's pull it back to uh, Washington, D.C. right now. Um, now, I know sometimes you are in the press room and sometimes you are not. Have you been in there much lately? I've been in there. When there's a uh, document <laughs> scandal like this one, that's must-see TV. you got to be there. <laughs> I, you know, okay, now, if you repeat this, I'll deny it, and then I'll be forced to kill you, Okay. I, 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 I have found myself at times in the last couple of days almost feeling sorry for Corinne Jean-Pierre. She's just, mm-hmm. you know, to carry the water is one thing, but to carry the water that it was leaking out of the barrel before you even got it. I mean, this is this is a story that just is idiotic. And then to watch everybody go, well, yeah, but Trump, look, you may not agree that Donald Trump should have declassified this document or that document. And that's an argument, and that's a conversation you can have. Biden couldn't do that. He was the vice president. I have never in my life heard of a vice president taking documents uh, from the archives or from the White House as vice president when he left office. This is totally uh, just unprecedented. And to make it even more unusual, there is a remaining question, and that is, why is the White House counsel the one that's working on this? Because these documents do not relate to the current administration. These documents relate to the Obama-Biden administration. Yeah. It started in 2008 and went to 2016. There are all sorts of inconvenient historical firsts about this story And I think that in order to understand this fully, we've got to start with the timeline. Um, First, on November 2nd, that's when a number of private lawyers of President Biden, they're cleaning out an office at the Biden Penn Center for Global Diplomacy. It's basically a satellite campus for the University of Pennsylvania, and it's a few blocks from the White House. I don't normally have lawyers uh, help me move, but... I'm not, uh, you know, former mm-hmm. vice president or the current president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever reason, the lawyers are there. They come across 
uh, what um, you know was later described as a small number of classified documents. They reach out immediately to the National Archives, then they reach out to the Department of Justice the next day. The gripe that Republicans have about that first chapter of this timeline is that it was just a week ahead of the midterm elections. And it was at a moment when Democrats were hitting Republicans over the head for Donald Trump's improper uh, use of classified documents in Mar-a-Lago. And so they're frustrated that there was this double standard where you had Joe Biden himself go uh, in the interview of 60 Minutes and say that it was unconscionable to store classified documents this right, way. Right. And then a number of months later, turns out, in all likelihood, he did the same thing. But where, where this gets really interesting to me is there's a second tranche of documents that are discovered on December 20th. Right. And those are discovered in the former, pres- uh, the former vice president, current president's garage in Wilmington, Delaware. As we reported at Real Clear Politics, Hunter Biden had access mm-hmm. to that garage. Yep. And the way we know it is because during a back and forth with Peter Ducey of Fox News, the president said that he his garage was locked, that that's where he keeps his Corvette, and they weren't out there um, in the street. They were secure. And I think he might have been trying to be a little, um, you know, he, he might have tried to joke around a little bit, lighten yeah. the mood. But that's significant because we also know that Hunter and Bo Biden – uh, they rebuilt the engine to that Corvette. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that the president told Jay Leno on a taping of Jay Leno's garage in 2016. And why is that significant? Well, you know, it's significant because Hunter Biden had significant, um, you know, overseas business interests. Some of the documents it's been reported have had to do with Ukraine. Right. And um, at this point, the White House, when pressed repeatedly on questions about, you know, who has access to the president's home in Wilmington, Delaware, who had access to the Biden Penn Center, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, when I pressed her on this point on Thursday, um, she did not have an answer. And and again and again, uh, what we've seen thus far is the White House has referred reporters to the White House counsel's office. They've made intermittent statements, but... The name of the game is stonewalling. Um, certainly there's differences between this document scandal and the Trump's document scandal, namely that you know Biden seems to be cooperating. But um, you know this is a slow drip drip, and I, I don't think that this administration gets a passing grade for transparency. Oh, no, no not even close. Um, the, the thing that I find curious is um, as all this starts coming out, you have you have the November the second discovery, correct? Mm-hmm. Those people that discover that are personal attorneys for the president. They are not yes, people that have security clearance. Yes, sir. So there you've got people that have stumbled across. They've looked at them enough to know that they are, you know, top secret or secret or whatever the 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 finding is on each one of the individual documents. They're not even supposed to touch those things. They're not no, supposed and, to be involved at all. And that's very significant because what came to light just this weekend is the White House had made, they acknowledged on Wednesday of last week 
that in addition to the documents that were found in the garage, in a room adjacent to the garage, right. they had found one page of classified material. So all of us in the press and the American public, we headed into the three-day holiday weekend thinking that it was just one page mm-hmm. that was found in this room that's adjacent to the garage. Yes, sir. Well, the White House Counsel's Office makes an announcement shortly before noon on Saturday when most of the White House press is enjoying the long weekend. And they say that during the search of Biden's home in Wilmington, his personal lawyers came across five additional pages of uh, classified information. They realized that they did not have security clearances, and so they called the White House Counsel's Office. Okay, fine, fair enough. Well, for whatever reason, the White House Counsel decided not to disclose that that happened on Thursday, not to disclose that it happened on Friday, but to wait until Saturday when the uh, yeah. eyes of the nation were elsewhere. Yeah, wait until the and, blinds are pulled and everybody's asleep. And so today, um, to your earlier point, Corinne Jean-Pierre, when she uh, faced the music, there were a lot of questions from reporters that were along the lines of, when did you know, and when did you know it? Yeah. And her response has been that she's found out about a lot of these um, classified documents being unearthed at, at the, the same time as reporters, which is, is hugely significant because now you have this sort of um, this echo chamber of the White House spokesperson saying that they're doing everything by the book, that they're trying to be transparent. Mm-hmm. The White House counsel's office saying we're being transparent and moving as quickly as we can. The White House, you know, the, the president's own personal lawyer saying, you know, we're doing this by the book. And, you know, if, if your attorney general, Merrick Garland, you, you look at this whole scenario and you realize that you have two presidents who have violated the Presidential Records Act, mm-hmm. you have no choice but to name a special counsel to look into this. Yeah. Do you think, do you think Jean-Pierre is spending a lot of time wishing that Jen Psaki was, was still on the grounds in the White House press room? Um, look, I, I think that um, spokespeople for uh, principals, uh, people who are going to speak on behalf of the president, they know what they're getting themselves into, and they like the challenge. I think that this is an incredibly difficult situation for the uh Press secretary, you know, for instance, you know, I asked her a pretty basic question last week, which was the president says that his personal attorneys have advised him not to look into what the documents uh, were about. And that didn't make sense to me because, well, he's the president of the United States. They don't want him to even look at them. Yeah, he has the highest security council. So why don't they want him to look at them? Obviously, there's a question of national security. If some of this information had to do uh, with foreign adversaries, if it you know disclosed sources and information, shouldn't he be aware of that security threat? And uh, Kareem said, well, look, the administration, they're trying to do this by the book. We're trying to be transparent. We're trying to follow all of the rules. But here you have a White House, which is confronted with kind of an unprecedented problem. Yeah, what rules? And, <laughs> and, and the difficulty for them is that they don't want to get into a situation like they did last week where they said, okay, all of the searches are completed. And then after the fact, it turns out that more classified information turned up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, the communication between the president's spokesperson, 
and the White House Counsel's Office, either deliberately or because there's some sort of disagreement. I don't think she has uh, as fulsome of a picture of what's going on as the press would like. Yeah, just you, you get the feeling sometimes, and I'm not trying to give her an out here, but sometimes you get the feeling that somebody pulls her aside and says, hey, when you get out there, just say this. Don't say any more than that. Just say this and say it this way. And I'm sure that sometimes she's got to sit there and go, okay, I'm saying this for what reason? But I mean, what else are you going to do? Right. And the reason why this is a problem for the administration is, first of all, um, you know, I think a lot of Republicans got over their skis when they said that it was just a bookkeeping problem for President Trump to hold on to classified documents. Um, You know, Secretary Pompeo, he's the former CIA director and then Secretary of State. He told me in August, um, there's no ifs or buts about it. If you have classified information that you're not supposed to, you better give it back. And by the way, if you're a member of the military or the intelligence community, you don't get to bring your work home with you. Yeah, that's exactly right. You don't get to put anything in the garage. But, um, you know, Republicans said it was no big deal for Trump. And now... Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, the administration, they, they went all in. Biden said that it was irresponsible. It's going to be really difficult for him if he finds himself on a debate stage across from Trump, uh, in, in addition to the serious national security implications, to hit him over the head and say, well, you were irresponsible. You should have done things differently. And that's a problem because Biden promised on the campaign trail that he was going to be the guy to return us to responsible leadership. Yep. He was going to be the guy. Transparency, you know, exactly. that that whole sermon, which we get really from everybody that runs for the office anymore. I'm going to be the transparent president. Well, listen, uh, Philip, our time is gone. Um, I appreciate you uh, being there. Uh, just make this pledge to me. I'm, I'm out tomorrow because we're at the farm show. But later in the week, um, if something comes up that you think I need to know, you just you just jingle my bell here, okay? Hey, you, you name the time, and I'll be there. Thanks, Pat. Thank you, my friend. Uh, Philip Wegman from Real Clear Politics. Podcasts by Federated Media.